Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. One of the things that I, I think has I've learned, you know, as, as we've kind of gone in to kind of kick this thing off of of what what are some of the tools that you need? Like everybody thinks, you know, we can just turn kind of this AI button on. We can purchase this piece of software. When to do this thing right, you, you have to start to think about all the things that you need to do ahead of time to really have a, I think, a platform that is that is worthy of being called kind of AI. You know, one of the things that we have really struggled with with clients that because you know, every client that we have at Expedia is like, hey, we want to, you know, if you have any AI stuff, what what is the roadmap for this? We'd like to try the generative AI from that first touch point. We want to try to get rid of some of our headcount. And, you know, I will go to them and be like, okay, fine. You know, the first thing that you you really that I'm finding you really have to have is an absolutely really good KMS system. Right. So you know everybody thinks KMS is kind of going away. Because of of the AI, where we're really, you know, KMS is and having a knowledge management system that's going to tie into everything, right? Not just your your top level kind of generative, um, having those those chatbots and in, in, in your natural language processing in your IVR or or on your website, but also when you get into things like agent assist, when you get into things like. Um, you know, looking at analytics from a from a different perspective of of being able to like actually ask questions and get answers back. If you don't have a really good KMS, and most companies do not, I think almost the more complex you are, probably the better your KMS is if you're doing service properly. But if you are a you know a, a smaller contact center that says, "Hey, we want to do this," you know, that's something to really start to think about. So, you know, that's one of the even tools that. We didn't even know we had to offer, but we're starting to offer customers now because nobody has it. They don't know where to go with it and they need it. So I think, you know, that's one big thing. The other thing is is as many integrations as you possibly can think through, right? So, you know, any kind of data, you know, if you're a bank, you know, to, obviously you want integrations into your core. If you have a, a customer-based CRM, you want integrations into that. That's a huge piece of this pie. And then I think the third piece that we don't think about, at least right now, is is how do you get your customer service data, right? And, and right now, that's that's kind of transcripts. And the voice piece, I think, is coming. It's, it's pretty close to being able to being able to use just from a voice standpoint. But it's crazy in, in how important transcripts have, have become and also how difficult they are to get in, in so many of these CCAS platforms. Um, you know, we have found kind of a way to use our analytics, right, to to be able to to get transcripts for our clients. So, you know, from building out a KMS to integrating into any possible um, data source that you possibly can, and then also to be to be looking at um, those type of transcripts to really load those into to kind of and again, I'm kind of using the the kind of the nice. I've seen so many demos on on kind of the nice and Lightning AI and and kind of the the tools that they use to be able to, you know, upload all of this information um, that then will tie into all of the tools. But again, people thinking I can just snap my fingers and, and go full AI, 
I think that's that's a, a huge misconception that I'm seeing a lot of our clients do. Um, that we have to kind of be like, whoa, guys, let's make sure that we're we're thinking that through. So again, for, even for your companies and, and for your contact centers, if you're talking to higher ups, I think you know that's a that's a huge piece of the roadmap of of making sure that that you can get kind of those tools in, in process. You know, I'm more excited um, about the tools for agents and the tools for data um, from an AI standpoint in the contact center than I actually am about. You know, the kind of this, this again, this first touch generative chatbot that is going to be supposedly taking every, all the contact center agents away. I think that's just, for me, if you think of online banking, right, um, it's kind of really good online banking, right? I can do, I can, I can uh, transfer my balance. I can make payments. I can do all of those types of things, but I could be, I could have done that the last 10 years. Now we're moving to different infrastructures, we're moving to different channels, we're moving to different business types that we're now being able to do that with. But I'm more excited about how agent assist can really have impacts um, on on our on our customers and how we're dealing with our agents. I'm I'm really excited about having real-time analytics for our our agents. I don't have these tools yet. Um or I have agent assist, but from a real-time analytics, right? To be able to see and a supervisor have a visual representation of kind of calls going south um, to be able to then jump on those on those calls. I'm really excited about prompting analytics, right? To to be able to not just look at the the, the keyword. No one, nobody likes. They look cool, but really from a from a, a usefulness standpoint, keywords. And, and the bubbles, right, that we all have kind of come to, to, to know and love for when it comes to any type of analytic data can be pretty difficult to really discern actionable data from. You really have to dig into the data, and you can do that, and we do that, and it's awesome. But we're getting now to a point where tools are out there where you can prompt, right? You can say, hey, what were the, the, the five most negative keywords that customers said about this product yesterday? And to be able to pull that information up. What were um, what were some of the long the, the the longest average handle time of of some of my agents and who's been trending that way over the last three weeks and then you know can we create a, a document for these guys based on where we think they could improve their handle time create a training doc right those kind of things are the stuff that I think really excites me and those are the tools that they're available now in a certain enterprise customer um, facet. I think they're coming for the little people like like me, um, you know, as, as we kind of make this a little bit more democratized and there's a little bit more competition with, with some of the really good providers that are out there. You know, I'm, I'm excited about our small, little, teeny, tiny, you know, auto QA where we're using prompting and chat GPT to, to you know, be able to fully automate QA scorecards um, that our customers have. We're doing it internally right now on a smaller scale, but to be able to scale that to kind of a SaaS product is something that's really exciting for me. Um, so again, that's kind of my where what I wanted to talk a little bit and get deeper into as we kind of go on this today. Again, for everybody that's joining, if you guys have any questions, please, please, please raise your hand. I, I don't want this to just be you know me talking to you guys. Um, if you have anything that you want to add, please come up. I'll, I'll bring you up on stage. Just kind of raise your hand and, and you and I can have a quick, you know, even five minute conversation of a back and forth. 
Um, I think that's where, you know, I'd love to hear from you guys of how you're utilizing some of these, these, these technologies or a lot of people are now just at least thinking about, you know, what, what are the real tools that, that we think can be implemented and, and those that are going to have an impact, you know, just to kind of continue on this. I really struggle. And if those of you have followed me, I, I did a couple videos on this this week. Technology is totally different. And, and again, this is in the BPO space. But I think that the, the, it doesn't matter if we're a BPO contact center or if you were just a, you know, an internal contact center. We used to purchase technology that was siloed into and had to answer two questions. Number one, does it create a, a value for our customer? And is there ROI or is there enough revenue for us to justify it for Expedia, right? So we would look at analytics. We would look at an agent assist. We would look at um, any type of reporting software. Um, any of those type gamification, right? We'd look at these and we, we'd have them siloed and they had to answer yes to both of those or we wouldn't purchase them. And I think that you can't do that anymore. It, and again, let's just look at the BPO. And I know that I'm, I might be the, even the only BPO here, but just to start from a BPO standpoint, the last three or four RFPs, guys, that, that I have had has had agent assist as something that you must have on your platform to even be able to bid on that on that product. So agent assist is starting what I see to become as as prevalent as somebody having chat, right? Um, you know, that was the big thing. Everyone, we went from voice and then everybody we saw had to have chat. And then, you know, we got into the social aspect, but now it's starting to be the AI tools. And again, we struggled and did not purchase or, or have any type of agent assist for a while. Because again, I think there's some value for customers, but if, if I'm going to knock off 10 seconds of average handle time and I'm going to have to pay a ton of money, relatively speaking, to do that. It didn't make sense for us, and I may have to raise my customer's price, and all they're getting is 10 seconds of, of average handle time of efficiency that maybe it knocks overall the, the scope of one FTE off, but it still didn't make sense financially. But now I don't. we can't look at it that way. Now we have to look at technology as a whole for all of our customers. Again, if I don't have agent assist, it might not have a huge ROI for me, but if I don't have agent assist, and if now it's starting to be, if your contact centers don't have agent assist, you're going to be falling behind. I'm not going to be able to get more business if I don't have these type of, of tools. Um, so instead of just, again, siloing and saying everything, now we have to look at things and we almost have to have a have our technology be a, a almost a net zero, right? On the cost versus you know the, the gain of what we're having. And then I think that, again, from a BPO standpoint, we have said we can't raise our per hour rates. You know, it's very difficult to do that. So we're taking kind of the CCAS model. And if there are cool tools, we're, we're kind of charging a monthly fee for them. If you want analytics, we're not going to add, you know, 50 cents or a dollar an hour. Um, you know, we're going to, you know, charge you 1500 bucks um, a month for for those kind of tools. And I think customers kind of understand that a little bit more. But again, getting to your contact centers, if you have an internal center, just understand, I think this is where I, I see so many RFPs and so many different clients. This is where the market is shifting and the technology is shifting, right? You are starting to see your competitors, I guarantee you, make investments into um, that, that top line generative chatbot kind of thing. They're probably going to fail a little bit. It's not going to be great. But I think the customers and your competitors that are doing agent assist, that are looking deeply into analytics, 
that are not just taking it from a keyword standpoint, but having a huge investment into that, that are saying, hey, how can we make QA better uh, with AI? Um, you know, again, do we do we use a, a, a chat GBT type model? Do we use, um, you know, a lot of CCAS players are not at the point where they can take the time to use your actual form, which I find super, super annoying, right? They want to use kind of a, a proprietary scoring system for, for these calls that, that they're utilizing. Um, or do you want to, again, build something out from, from that standpoint? These are the things that you're, that I'm seeing on, on RFPs that major, um, corporations and companies are starting to think about that they're making sure that they are part of, of the process. And I think, if you don't have some of these tools, I'm not saying you go out and you buy them tomorrow, but I think you start to think about that roadmap of how do we get our data in line with where it needs to be? How do we make sure we have really good you know, customer data from a transcript standpoint? Are there any integrations we can do in this fourth quarter to, to from a CTI perspective of, of putting our data, our telephony together? Uh, building that, that, that kind of bottom line Deal, I think, is is the main thing to do here in, in, in fourth quarter and, and even getting into, you know, first and second quarter of next year. And then really thinking through the what tools really add to our – add value to our customers. Um, there, there's very little differentiation in the space right now. Everything is very vendor-led. And I think the more companies that start to build this data kind of sets out – they're the ones that are going to start to ask, hey, we want this tool. We need this tool. Because currently, right now, we're just being given tools by vendors. Um, and some of that stuff I don't really want. Some of the stuff I don't really see the, you know, a, a huge amount of value in. Everybody's going low-hanging fruit. Our chatbot is the best. right? Our, our, that's what AI is for everybody. But I think when you peel the uh, you, you kind of peel the, the, the layers off the onion and you get deeper into the agent experience and some of the amazing things that we haven't even thought about yet from a, from a tool standpoint, you know, that's the stuff I think that can really differentiate your company. So I just don't want to see people make mistakes of, of, you know, going out thinking they can, you know, get rid of 20 to 30 to 40% of their headcount, you know, making some huge mistakes on the early on, on this, on this deal, not really realizing that, you might get the same amount of savings for some of the internal things that you can do with your contact center and your agents to maybe lower handle time, have auto summaries to to lower your after-call work. And when you do that, and maybe you lose headcount that way, but you still have that personal experience. I don't think we talk about that stuff enough, right? Everything is, hey, get rid of the agents. But what if we find enough efficiencies that we, that we quote unquote, lower our FTE, but we're still keeping it from, from that standpoint of, of having that personal touch, but you're not just having really cool experiences that data is right at our agent's fingertips. Supervisors know what calls to get onto. Um, analytics is telling us what type of um, what type of calls we can probably expect to come in. Workforce management, and we even even workforce management with AI has not been talked about enough. The the advances that I have seen in WFM and the tools of WFM from a forecasting standpoint, it, it's almost the coolest thing that's happening and again and that no one is talking about how you know we can now you know look at at calls that are coming into the to our IVR and and, and have you know a predicted um queue so that agents are automatically moved within skills to protect service levels you know workforce intelligence that everybody has 
that's getting really, really good. Like these tools that we don't think about that I'm trying to say, okay, I I have all these tools right now, like, you know, workforce intelligence and, and, and WFM and analytics. How do I just squeeze, right, the 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 ever loving heck out of out of all of the value and how do I get creative with with some of these tools that we have so that we can be really good at the things we have now and then understand a little bit better wh- where the where the misgivings or where the holes are in our strategy and those are the tools that then I want to I kind of want to go out and and purchase and buy I think again I think it's really important to be in the cloud I think it's really important to have big brother behind you Right. So again, for us, it's, it's, it's on the nice side. I know people have five, nine people have Genesis, but to have those big players and those main players, you know, you never have to say no. Or if your C level comes to you and says, Hey, we want to implement this, you know, to be able to, to reach out and have that technology at your fingertips, not to have to go to many third parties to have things slapped onto your platform, I think is, is huge. As long as they can continue to innovate and, and I think keep talking to customers about the things that, that really need that we need, not that the things that you want to give us because they're easy for you to create. Um, and again, that goes back to the whole we're so vendor led in the CCAS and in the CX AI space um, that things that we're asking for, we're just being told <laughs> shut up and just use this chatbot, right? And I think that that's uh, that's where we're going to see a, a big change as well. So again, guys, that was twenty minutes of me rambling. Um, about all the stuff that I'm really interested in, the stuff that I think about all the time. Hopefully that it gives you a little bit of a, a, a value there too. Is, is, is Does anybody have any questions? You guys have anything you want to add? I would love to talk to some of you. Um, all you got to do is kind of just raise your hand. I'll bring you up on, I guess they, it's like Twitter, like come up on stage. Um, we can have a little bit of a, of a conversation. Or if you have any questions on anything that that I have, you know, please, please, please. I, I really don't want to just talk to you guys. I mean, I'm more than happy to do that as, as most of you will know. Um, but, but would love to, to have some of you guys involved with this as well. All right, let's, again, I want to move to, um, you know, talking about, you know, some specific tools, some, some things that we have found to be really cool. Um, you know, I, I think analytics for us, you know, it's the number one driver of new business for us. So we have really tried to do everything we possibly could to make it as cool and as value add as possible. You know, we used to be able to just show really cool bubbles and clients would say, well, that's really cool. I like it. (laughs) Um, And it would almost sell itself. But now it's gotten so good. It's it's beyond sentiment. It's beyond trending keywords. It's beyond, you know, the, the, the phrases that customer says. The marketing data now that you can glean um, to change your overall business from from this kind of AI infused analytics is is insane, right? To to be able to, you know, tell we have a we have a, a toy company that's one of our clients, and they will, if they they have a new toy that they really want to test and they want to get feedback on, they'll send a one eight hundred number in the packaging, which then correlates to a skill back on here at Expedia, so that we can do kind of specific analytics just on that skill. So we can say things like. You know, 35% of the customers that called in used the phrase too expensive, or they like the color red more than the, than the color yellow. Those kind of marketing changes is something that a lot of, a lot of, I think, 
organizations they don't realize, right? Because what are we told? We're told by the CCAS guys and we're told by analytics companies, this is the dashboard we're going to give you. And what does that give you? It gives you um, sentiment analysis on your customers, sentiment analysis on your agent. It gives you uh, frustration levels. It gives you trending keywords. It gives you phrases, right? And, and that's cool. And that's great. And we have this dashboard. But analytics is one of the tools that we have been able to kind of silo into different products because we can do so many different things with it. And I think f- for your organizations, it's the biggest buy-in from a C-level just because every department can can glean insights if you're doing it right. Uh, it's not a, a – any analytics platform is not a just a set up and let it go, right? It is a ton of work. It is a ton of work on the front end to set up categories, to, to, to make sure that everything you have and, and the information that you want, you can get easily – but there's also ways that you can glean information on things that you don't know about that are that are coming in. And when you can kind of figure that out, and now with the advances that are coming with AI of the actual just prompting of things, it, it's, it's a tool that I think is almost – it is so necessary to, to, for, for any type of organization that I think is – there's probably a si- little bit of a size that, that, that needs to happen with that. But to really glean a lot of different insights. But if you have a ton of different products, like if, if you're a retailer, it's a, it's an absolute no-brainer. And, and I don't even care about the call center stuff with that. I care all about the marketing data with that and what we can give clients and customers. And again, like I keep saying, that the, the prompting aspect, it almost turns into how, right? Where you're, right, from where you're just talking, right? And you're typing and you're you're getting information that is that is having huge impacts on the marketing, on sales, on your C-level, um, and, and those are the things that it can differentiate us as a BPO with some of the things that they can't can't do internally. Agent Assist, let's talk about that. I have struggled with Agent Assist, as, as a lot of you know that have followed me. Um, I don't see for a, for a BPO, it is a very difficult sell. Now, again, we've already talked about this, and, and we, we do have Agent Assist because I have to have it to get new business. But from an actual ROI standpoint, it's not really there for me. Now, if you're an internal contact center, and this is a this is a volume play, right? It's it's if if you can knock off, and again, uh, you guys are all contact center professionals. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know here. But if you can knock 20, 30 seconds off because of how quickly we we have access to data, and you have a thousand seats, you know that's a massive savings. And it could be the number one tool that you would want in your organization. If you have, you know, 10 seats, it might not be. Um, unless what you're focused on is is a really good customer experience, right? So there's there's so many different ways that that we can kind of sell or that you want to purchase that. But I love it as a user of technology, um, as an owner of a business. It's it's kind of a lost leader for me. Um, and again, we're not a huge BPO. I don't have 400, 500 seat clients, you know, most of our clients are in that, you know, 30, 40, 50 seat range. So it, it, it is a little bit more difficult, but again, we're, we're selling, we initially sold, um, agent assist kind of on a per hour deal. And, and now it's, it's more like keeping our hourly rate as low as we can. And then if you want it kind of like a CCAS, you know, you know, a monthly fee for, for those kind of things. But the bigger you are, the more important efficiency type tools are, Right. Looking at things like auto summary, right? I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge kind of, 
it's one of the low hanging fruits of a of a chat GPT type model. But again, volume play. You have five hundred seats. You have ten thousand seats. You have a thousand seats, and you are now taking your you know, 48 seconds of after call work or wrap time, and you're getting rid of that. And maybe you just give your, you know, your agents 25 seconds to catch their breath. You know, you just saved whatever 30 seconds, 20 seconds on every single call. Makes total sense. Again, I think maybe I'm a little bit more jaded <laughs> because I'm not as big. So there's, you know, certain tools again that I think the enterprise guys make because they're going to make the most money on them. But I try to think of, you know, what 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 could happen or or what could really help that, you know, that 500 seat center, that 600 seat center, that 30 seat center. What are some of those kind of tools, right, that I think can can really, you know, have an impact. And again, I think when you when you talk about that, all of this stuff can have an impact, but you know, AI is such a it's a, for me it's such a scale model where, you know, the the bigger you are, the more impact this thing's going to have. When the the smaller you are, the you know the less, and it's harder to kind of function that way. And and I think that's kind of where we've seen a, you know, again, not to kind of go off the path here, but th- that's been the 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 changing of the kind of the path in the woods. Everything right now is being built for for the enterprise guy, and it makes sense because I think it has the most. I mean, you talk to an Omelia, an Amelia, a Poly AI, you know, any of those kind of of partners. You know, they're, the monthly minimums are are pretty pretty large, right? You need to have you know the the volumes to do that. And I think you know just crying again about this. You know, the little guys, you know the, that twenty seat center that is a credit union in North Carolina is kind of getting left out of this. Yeah, they can get a really cool online banking tool, um, but you know what are some of those things that are cost effective for these guys? And I think that that will be a shift that we'll see. And I think it's a huge business opportunity. And again, that's kind of one of the things that we're playing with with our auto QA. Is to help those those little twenty thirty seaters that are kind of being left out of this, what I see as being left out of this space as as well. Um, we talked a little bit about workforce management. We talked a little bit about you know analytics, kind of getting into that ask model. Um, you know, workforce management, it it just again it, it's it's been a really exciting tool. And again, no matter I was always of the kind of that that's a bigger guy tool you know you need to be 100 seats or more and i think that that's not true anymore you know, we can you th- there's a lot of value add for that 20 30 seater the cost is not that expensive the value that you get from being able to really forecast your things down to a 15 or 10 minute interval um, is is massively important the just the, the forecasting tool in general you know to so many you know, smaller contact centers are using some type of just Erlang C calculator in Excel. And again, for probably if you have any kind of platform for literally, I don't know, 10, 15 bucks a month per agent, you know, to be able to get some of that technology into your, your deal is really important. I'm going to say it one more time as well, whether you're Genesis, Nice, 5.9, UJet, whoever you are, as long as you kind of have a cloud platform, it used to be the old, and I loved it when I used to be an Avaya person back in the you know early 2000s and, and 1990s, and they, they had, it was called the Business Advocate. And Business Advocate basically just moved agents in and out of skills, you know, based on predicted wait times in the IVR. Like, they, it was unbelievable technology even, you know, in like 2002. But now, you know, with AI getting involved with some of those decision-making processes, that's a huge a uh, tool that is not that expensive for the smaller contact center as well. You know, I I speak at at interactions, which is the nice user conference, and 
every single time I, I kind of give us when I give my talk on kind of 10 ways to kind of disrupt your contact center, it's always the tool that everybody has. And it's really 95% of all nice customers. And again, that's not talk about nice. Everybody has, because I've, I've demoed every single platform. They all have some kind of tool that is a workforce intelligence tool, but no one knows either how to use it. It's not publicized very well by the CCAS provider because I, I think they probably don't make that much money off of it, to be honest, right? Because it's already part of the platform. So it's not an add-on. So they're not really selling it where I think there's a ton of value. So again, Guys, make sure you check that out no matter what uh, platform you have. It is something that has, you know, been able, you know, we we kind of sell it now as an AI tool because that's what it is. So we can guarantee service levels with it. So if you have a, you have three skills that come in with us, you have a sales, you have a customer support, and let's say you have a, you know, logistics questions or, or, or shipping questions. Obviously, every customer wants their sales queue you know, to be at that, whatever, 90, 10, right? And so we can almost guarantee that by having workforce intelligence moved up so it can it can move our agents in and out based on cues that are happening um, and based on predicted cues as well as, as things get even better down this, this AI front. So those are some of the, I think, smaller contact center things. Um, super excited about, and, and I'll talk about auto QA just here for a second, we are very close to to having a alpha and beta testing with customers. I know I've been saying that for a while, but from the demo that I took with the IT guys yesterday, we're 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 weeks away, and I think this month we'll be able to really show um, you know all of the the smaller contact centers do not have transcripts, right? Transcripts is is like a I don't know, there it, it's it's such a wanted thing, and it can be such a difficult head and headache thing for for so many you know, different contact centers to, to be able to utilize some of this AI technology. So, you know, from be able to, for us to be able to say, hey, go onto our platform, click the analyze button, pick your recording that you want to do, um, to have it instantly go get a transcript, bring it back to the prompt that we have set up with you that absolutely mirrors the uh, QA scorecard that you've been using for the last 20 years, gets sent out to ChatGPT, we are struggling to get a ChatGPT Enterprise account. If anybody uh, knows a better way, <laughs> we're using the ChatGPT for just the APIs right now, and have it back come back in and score that score those calls. Um, talk about give outputs like what are the four ways that this agent could improve? What is the overall sentiment of the customer and the agent? Um, what is the confidence score that you have on this? Because sometimes the transcripts aren't great. So ChatGPT will say, hey, that's only a two for me, two out of 10. I'm not really confident in scoring this. So I think, you know, those are some of the things that, that excite me, again, for the smaller contact center. And, and guys, I'm an open book with that. I have, if you check my content out, I have all the prompting that we're using. Like you could literally do this, forget even the APIs if you don't have connectivity with it. You can just use the prompts that we have found out through all the R&D that we have. Use the desktop version. Um, just you got to have a transcript. Use that transcript, and you could be scoring in QAing and scoring calls in your contact center, like literally 15 minutes after this, after you saw the first prompt. So again, that stuff is very democratized. It's out there. Um, it's just being used for you know enterprise type type customers. So that's something I'm I'm pretty fired up about as well. So 
anything questions guys anything you got that's really what i uh what i what i plan to kind of talk through again i know that's kind of a, a rambling um talk but it's kind of everything and like one giant uh i don't say brain vomit <laughs> but all the stuff that i've been thinking about you know when it when it comes to how do we roadmap our clients here at Expedia to get on this AI train? Because if I don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. And I think, how do we do that appropriately? How do we actually raise customer experience? How do we not just buy the shiny tool? How do we think this thing out properly um, and, and think through what tools do we want now? And what tools do we hold off on because we think that they're going to be you know, something better out there later? And, you know, those are the decisions that I think everybody's confused with. You know, I was at, I was lucky enough to go, this is about two and a half, three weeks now. I got to speak at the Google offices in Boulder through with a nice um, Google Chrome OS and outsourced consultants uh, kind of little, I guess, seminar, right? So they had about 35 BPOs that were there. And we, luckily I got to, I got to speak almost last, which was pretty cool. And just kind of talk about how we're doing this, how we've gone from, you know, the model of just, you know, it's it's $32 a seat, um, kind of all in to to, re, to being able to understand, hey, you have 100 call center seats that you want to outsource, not to be afraid to be like, hey, we're going to use AI, we're going to use other tools to get that down to 62 seats within the next 18 months, right? How do you change that thought process? How do you change the... You know, this is how we've been doing things for 20 years. And, and I'll tell you what, the BPOs are confused. Like they don't know, they don't understand how to change their model. They're scared to death that they'll change their model. They're going to lose 30% of their revenue. And they will if they continue on the path that they have been doing. But I think that there's a there's a technology um, hunger out there. There's so many customers that have no idea what the heck they're doing at all. And, and I'm sure a lot of you guys... I mean, I'm not saying I'm an expert in this. I'm learning just as much as, as you guys are. But there's there's so many customers, so many contact centers that have no idea how to get on this train. They're going to need help. And again, I think our, our model has changed from a, you know, just being a contact center outsourcer to a CX technology partner that does outsourcing. And that's a huge shift for us. But, you know, to get into professional services now, to be able to, to do more types of integrations, to... You know, to be a, a a onboarding partner for CCAS partners, to to look at those kind of tools in the contact center space, but then become really really become experts in in some of the tools that are out there to be able to say, hey, no, you don't need that, or hey, yes, you do need that. Um, I think that there's a there's a need for that out there because nobody knows what the hell they're doing. Um, they've just been told that from from C level people, <laughs> hey, we want to get on this AI train, figure it out. Um, I, I hear that all the time. And so, again, I, I think that there, that's the new space for the BPO, for the contact center outsourcer, is, is to try to help these, these organizations if they're strong enough to change their model. And I think a lot of you guys as on the internal side need to think that through as well, right? How do we – we know our customers and our space are moving to, to different models. How do you not just jump at that shiny thing but think it through? Again, how do we build out our, our baseline data sets? How do we make our KMS awesome? How do we integrate all of our stuff? How do we get transcripts or how do we be able to feed all of our customer data to this this model that we want to use? And then what tools do we want to use with it and, and kind of take that slow? I think the companies that are, that are going really fast head on to this are going to slam into a wall. There's going to be mistakes. You can't tell me. I'm telling you right now, 
And, and I think all of you know, I go get it onto a quote unquote AI chatbot, which I really can't tell the difference between the other chatbots that were there. Um, I can tell right away that's not a human. And maybe that's okay, but maybe I'm getting a little older. So I care more about that. Maybe if you're younger, you don't. But the I, the voice thing, I hear great in demos, right? And then I go to actually like, hey, can I get three licenses to try in my contact center? And I will try it out. And it is nothing like the demo, right? Which I think is is a huge a huge kind of deal that, that we've we've uh we've been seeing right is is the demo is always great um but uh, the the actual product is not and i think a lot of people are getting fooled with that and spending a lot of money on 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 making mistakes that that they don't have to make if they just kind of play things out a little bit slower um but again this is like uh Everything is happening so fast. I know it keeps saying go slower, but everything is happening so fast. It's almost like it's important to be a little bit slower because the tools, just like anything, just like the internet, right? The tools that are here now or your iPhone, it's almost, <laughs> I think iPhone's probably even better. The, the, the iPhone that you have now, right? Hold on to because, you know, that next one's coming out really fast and it's going to be totally different. So the tools that we're about to see in the next year or so. Um, are, are going to be crazy. And I think it, it will shift from being more vendor-led to being more customer-led as, as more people start to be onboarded into this, asking for different types of tools, um, asking for different types of things. But again, start to prepare your data sets, start to prepare your KMS, uh, start to prepare and, and get all your integrations in order. I think that's the number one tool or the number one thing. So you'll be ready to go um, when you want to push that button instead of being held back by by a lot of those things. That's what I got, guys. I hope that's a little bit helpful. I'm here if you have any questions. If there's anything uh, you want to add, I'm, I'm here as well. But if there's nothing, um, that's uh, that's my 40 minute uh, <laughs> talk on 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 AI. Oh, yeah. all right, good. We got it. We got a question or a comment. Let me bring you up here. What's up? <laughs> Hey, what's up, Tom? Can you hear me? Yeah, man, all good. Yeah, thank you so much for this session. Great, great information. And uh, thank you for uh, sharing your your knowledge and your experience with us. This is very helpful. I, I had a little comment and a question for you. So there's there's all these solution providers that are approaching most of us with these solutions. And all of them are saying, yeah, it's AI power, then you can do this and you can do that. And the AI usually is within its own solution. So it only does what that solution does. So if it's telephony, it's for the calls in that telephony. If it's for quality, it's for the calls recorded in that solution. If it's workforce, it's for that workforce solution. I want to get your input on the open AI API solution that they've been selling to a bunch of uh, enterprise buyers. Do you, do you think, think that's, that's a good route to go for those, those companies that do currently have a technology stack of multiple solutions, like a yeah. Genesis for telephony and a Calabrio for workforce and something else for quality? Do you think the best route for those contact centers is just make sure they have access to the database, to the raw data of all those solutions, and then leverage the OpenAI API to gain those AI yep. uh, features on that data. Yeah, I've, I, I have a lot to talk on that. So one of the things, and again, I see Annette is here. Uh, so, and she's my one of my best buddies um, fr from NICE. One of the things that, again, that NICE is developing, 
and I know, and again, I'm not here to sell nice stuff, but all the, uh, some of the other ones, and I know this doesn't answer your question, but I'll, I'll get to that, is they're starting to see that as well, right? So, you know, from whether that is, let's just say you're on a one specific platform, but you want to tie everything together, right, into kind of this one AI model. Again, that's why I, I really like, I personally like nice um, because there is, you know, with their, with their Enlightened AI, it is basically taking all of your data sets, right, and then being able to utilize it through your IVR, to be able to utilize it with your chat, to be able to utilize it with your voice, with your self-service, with your analytics, right? It's like this, this one kind of, I guess, chat GT, chat GPT almost, right, for customers in their internal data sets. Now, answering, so that's where I think it's really cool, right? If, if you choose the right partner, I will say though, you're right. So many different contact centers have a lot of different types of tools that are kind of integrated into their platform. What I am starting to see, and, and again, even talking to the people at some of these CCAST um, players with, with the larger, huge enterprise customers, like, like say a Walmart. Walmart is going to be doing just that. They're basically going to be purchasing their own private instance of a chat GPT, right? Utilizing all of their data sets. And they're doing that not just because, to your point, you can then take all of these different tools and utilize it under one one kind of umbrella. But the other big thing is, is nobody's really been able on the chat GPT side to be answer, now they think they have, the, the security aspect, Right. So the security aspect with a lot of these large language models and the, you know, those types of things are, it's not there. It's not secure. And are, are they learning off of your data? Those kind of things that like the Walmarts and, and these giant contacts or contact centers and businesses, they don't, they don't really want to deal with. So that's been a move and a shift that I'm definitely starting to see is, is they're kind of utilizing their own AI um, or their own instance of a, of an LLM um, or their own instance of like a chat GPT. So I don't know the cost effectiveness of it, right? For for a specific size, I I mean I haven't done that much research into it. I know, like just for our own little business of, of auto, um, you know, using the the API connectivity into it has been very 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 cheap. Um, even when we get looking at the cost of the enterprise um, API usage, it's 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 you know less than pennies, right? For, for every single interaction with that, based on the amount of tokens that you have and the amount of words that you have. So yeah, no, I, I think that that is a route to go, and I think you're going to see more and more companies that are that are especially the larger enterprise companies move to that type of model where they have their own private instance of a, of a chat GPT utilizing all the different data sets and data sources that they have to create, um, you know, their own kind of personal AI. Um, but then again, you know, they have. I don't know, even like a Walmart, how many programmers do those guys have, right? Like they have the IT resources to, I think, build something out really cool. If we're, we're talking something smaller, like I could never do that. Um, you know, that's where I think there's more a more dependence on really good partners in the space that that are building out tools to, to be able to utilize. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that totally answers your question, but I think that's kind of where I see things. You know, there's, there's kind of two splits in the road with that as well from a you know, utilizing kind of third-party um, kind of AI models and then utilizing your own instance um, based on all of your data sets and then keeping it kind of enclosed privately to, to your own set. It does. Thanks a lot. That's great information. Sure, sure. Anything else, guys? 
Any other questions, comments, concerns? Well, if not, guys, thank you so much for joining. This is awesome. Like I said, I didn't know how many people were going to come. To have you know, 10, 11, 12 in here during a, during a time was, was pretty cool. Um, I'm gonna try to do this like once a week. I'll try to get word out maybe the uh you know more than ten hours before I before I go live. But um again, hopefully this added some value to you. Hit me up if you if you have any questions, you know, that you don't maybe you don't want to talk about here. Um, you know, Bob here is our there. I got a couple uh inmails already on, on some questions. So oh Evelyn, you wanna come on up? Okay, guys, thank you so much. Um, again, hopefully I'll see you guys next week and we can kind of continue, pick some new topics out as well. Um, appreciate all you guys joining. Thank you. at all.